You are listening to the Touch of Flavor podcast, episode 109. You're talking about putting your fuck parts in my head where my brain lives. You know, in nature, only a handful of creatures mate for life. But isn't that like cheating? We can't do this 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Why not? The safety word is banana. It is so refreshing to be with someone who likes to fuck outside the box. This is the Touch of Flavor podcast. Dating and relationship advice by kinksters for kinksters. Join us as we tackle BDSM, sex, non-monogamy, and how to build extraordinary relationships in an ordinary world. And now your hosts, Cassie and Rigel. All right, everybody. So welcome, welcome. Got another great episode for you today. But first, I wanted to take a minute and Cassie, let's talk about what's going on. What's been happening this last bit? Who's been awesome? Amanda's been awesome. My parents have been awesome. You've been awesome too. Man Cub's been awesome. Yes. Well, yes, obviously. You and I have both been <laughs> awesome. That goes without saying. Yes. We've just been one big ball of awesome. One big ball of awesome. But yeah, no, I, so I did want to take a minute and like cool, cool poly power story here. So first off, Cassie's parents are by far the most accepting parents out of our, our polycule. Although to be fair, my parents are doing better lately. They are. Which is interesting. They came up and which is been interesting. hanging out with Amanda and like... They called Amanda yeah. mama a couple times. Yeah. So that's been... That's actually been big, surprising, cool progress. But not, 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 not the story. So Cassie's parents are super awesome. And so this past week, we managed to uh, combine our poly slash poly family powers, I guess, in a really, really cool way. So Cassie and I had a conference this week, the, the place that we get our coaching training on like how to be so, so we have obviously, I mean, I, I hope you would understand by now by talking to us that we're big believers in coaching and we're, we're coaches obviously, but we, we also practice what we preach. And so with that, we have coaches that we work with, like who we train with, who are like people who like coach Olympic athletes and like Fortune 500 CEOs and like just a really, really awesome group of coaches. And we've been training and, and mentoring under them for God, what, like a couple of years going now, on three years. Uh, and, and going on three years and really, really intensely this last, this mm-hmm. last year, um, we've actually got really, really deep into, we may talk about that at some point, as far as we, we've done a lot of really fantastic specialized training this year. But anyways, yeah. go ahead, Cassie. I'm, I'm <laughs> me. I'll digress us to the point of, of, of running out of time. Well, here. the thing is, is that with the, the folks that, that run the trainings and stuff that we do, they have like a, a yearly event and it's actually uh biannual a couple of times a year they do events and there are these amazing events where you get to go and and it's just a couple of days of really diving deep into growth and learning but 
drum roll, let's bring in the COVID. And that really changed everything. You can't really have a, a huge conference full of folks hanging out and, and learning and growing because we don't want to grow a pandemic. So <laughs> speaking, speaking of which, actually, but another funny story, the last, and we really wanted to go to this event because like Kaz said, it's really awesome training. Oh, it really helps us help our clients. And we missed the last one. Not, I mean, we've been training with them still, but the actual last event we missed because the little lion was actually born during (laughs) the event. (laughs) So really happy we didn't get on a plane that weekend because we had really been considering it. She was uh, a little early and we were like, "Uh, do we think we can do it? And it would have been, we would have been there or on the way home flying at best. So we, we ended up missing the last one. But this year, or this this time of year, they didn't want to shut it down. They recognized how important it was for all of us and did it as a virtual event. And, you know, they did an amazing job at it. Originally, Rigel and I were like, maybe we need to get a hotel room and stay close to home, but get a hotel room so that way we're out of the house and we're able to just focus on learning. Just like we tell our clients, it's important whenever you're trying to grow, anytime that you're really trying to put that, that effort into anything, you want to make sure that you're distraction-free and you're able to kind of break away from your regular routine and things like that to really focus. Well, that's just for like an hour or two. This was a, a couple-day event. And with COVID, we have the teenager home, we have the infant in the house, we have Amanda here. She's back at work some, but she's also here a lot. And we were like, there's no damn way. There's no way we're going to be able to attend a virtual conference as if we were there with everybody in the house like this. And then my father came to me. And then we harnessed our polypowers. Well, and part of it is Cass and I were talking, we're like, do we really want to, because we, we do, the little lion is still nursing and we're like, okay, like we're talking about getting a hotel room, but we're basically going to have to get a hotel room that's very close to the house. Mm-hmm. Like, because we need to make it back once a day, at least for Cassie to nurse. And we're like, so, I mean, like, it, it'd be one thing if we were like going somewhere and getting a hotel room. And then maybe when we're not at the conference, like we can go see the sites or whatever and turn into like a little vacation with each other and really make it worth doing that. But it's kind of another thing to go down the street to hotel room. Not saying we wouldn't have done it, had another option not, presented itself because it was like Cass said really important to be distraction free so we could take the most back from this for our clients but poly awesomeness presented itself. Well, it, it was also my parents awesomeness presented itself well it's yeah. both I, i'm kind of throwing your parents in in terms of like the the idea was my dad's <sighs> well yeah 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 but i, I guess i guess because i'm kind of i don't know it, and then Amanda worked into it, and then it was kind of like, yeah, it was just family awesomeness. But part of the family has to yeah. do with Polly. Well, so the Polly awesomeness is that regardless of us being at home or being at a hotel, Amanda was going to watch the little lion on her own for a couple of days. So that way we could do that because she recognized how important it was for us to take that stuff away and to bring back to our clients. But we were talking about, well, how can we best do this so that way I can come back and, and, and nurse a little lion and do all this. And my father was like, if 
Amanda and the kids weren't at the house, would you and Josh really need to go stay somewhere else? Or would it be easier for you to be at home? And would it make more sense as far as like swinging by? Because my, my parents are only like 15, 20 minutes from us. And I was like, well, yeah, but with the distractions and everything. And my father was like, I'm perfectly fine with Amanda and the kiddos staying at our place. So my parents and Amanda and Man Cub teamed up to watch The Little Lion and stayed over at my parents' house for three days. And while Amanda was at work, my parents watched and my, the, my parents and Man Cub watched The Little Lion and she took care of The Little Lion when she got off of work. So that way my parents had a break. And of course, Big Bro had a break. And it just really was an amazing thing to see parents and Amanda and Man Cub work together so that way we could still get out of that conference what we would have gotten out of it even if we would have if it was live and it was something that we left so i i'm very appreciative to to all of them for the 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 role that they played in trying to make that happen for us yeah i'm like listen everybody i mean let's be real like we all do polyamory because that's who we are but like I said, let's be honest, there's some really practical upsides to polyamory and having multiple adults. And Cassie, what have we said a million times about the, the correct ratio? Of oh, you always to have to have more adults than there are children. <laughs> always. Always. Always more adults than children. That is the that is our, our, our belief of the proper Modern ratio. people do it all wrong. So wait. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, it was, it was, it was really, really cool. It was really, really cool to see all that come together and to see, like I said, like Amanda working with your parents and, and the teenager helping out. And it was, it was just really cool. And it left us time to really focus on what, like you said, like what we were, we were learning to bring back to our clients and even getting in a little self-care for you who has had a baby nonstop for the last six months now and actually get some sleep i got, got two nights in you got to break in your bad I dragon did. it was it was a pretty good pretty i got good two night. nights of six hours of sleep which is amazing and yes i did get to break in the new bad dragon which only makes me now want another bigger bad dragon but that's a story for a different day it is a story for a different day well i think we told the story didn't we tell the story that you you got your bad dragon and you were a little surprised because it was smaller than you thought and normally bad dragons are bigger than you think they're gonna be so it was a story for a previous yeah you told the story story for a previous day i was a little surprised yeah a little surprised but it's still rather than big surprise and cassie this is the benefit to your cocks being swappable oh, yeah. is you can have a wide variety exactly. of exactly. sizes. That is, that is the great thing about That's it. That's like an Amanda appropriate mm-hmm. size. And you have, you, you can have a whole variety of, of whatever sizes and shapes and colors you desire. Yep. It's your it world. Is. Like what is it? What's uh, the happy little tree? It's your world. I can paint it however I want. Folks, I think it's time for us to go ahead and dive into the topic of the day. So without further ado, let's do that. So today we're going to talk about the people in our lives. When we're building something that's pretty amazing, when we're building relationships that are 
awesome. There are going to be people who don't believe in you. And the thing with this is, is that it's, it's not always ill will. It's not always ill intent. And we'll get a little more into that. But regardless of what your dream for your relationship is, there's always going to be people in your life who are going to try to tear you down. And this may not be an intentional trying to tear down. And that's that's something that's important to understand. Like, it's one thing, and we, we talk a lot, like sometimes there's people who are just haters. And those may be people who are monogamous, who just like the, the, the people on Facebook posting on your wall. You're evil. You're evil. The people like yelling at you as you're walking past with your partners. Or maybe sometimes those haters are even poly people who just don't like how you're doing what you're doing. But the problem is it's not always haters. And I think that this gets really difficult for a lot of people because when you're having people who are intolerant, they're just bigots or they're people you're not involved with or whatever, sometimes it's easier to kind of go, eh, whatever, and, and let that go. Screw right. I'm not saying it's easy. It's hard for a lot of people, but but sometimes it may be easier. But when it's people closer to you, people who maybe don't actually mean you ill, who maybe genuinely are trying to help, who are doing this, who are beating you down, who are tearing at your relationships, that can be for a lot of people way more difficult. And the thing that you want to recognize is that like, it's whenever we're trying to do something that's different, anytime we're trying to build something big and amazing, there's going to be those folks who aren't ready for it. And it doesn't even have to be that big. It doesn't have to be like that, that out there. But there's going to be those who are just not ready for it. And so as Josh just said, we're going to not pay attention to those haters out there, like the hater haters. But we're going to focus today really on those people who they're doing this because they're trying to give you that like word of advice or the help or or they're trying to be the folks who are supporting you, but aren't. So the thing with this is you only have one life. You only have one life to live. You only got like one shot to 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 be who you want to be in your relationships and who you want to have in your relationships. And all of a sudden now I've got like Eminem playing in my in the back of my head. You only got one shot. Da, 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 da. Anyway, I am not a rapper. So but seriously, you only have one life. So you have to make this work, even if those closest to you don't think it's possible, even if they're not able to be there. So really, you only have like the opportunity now to make your relationships what you want. So there's a couple of things that you can do. So the the issue with this is that you really have to figure out whether or not you want to just let it go. And, and, and some of that is possible. Like we can let those things go. Or are we going to be able to get these people in our lives to see things for what they are and accept us for what they are? And how do we show up so that way we're happy? We have to figure out how are we going to do those things so we can be happy? Because the problem is. Yeah. And this is what I was saying. For a lot of people, it's a lot harder when those people are talking to you and they're people who care about you. They're people who are in your lives. And if you've been poly long enough, if you're out and even maybe if you're not, you've had that experience. You've had that experience of family members coming to you 
and either just flat out down talking your relationships or giving you advice that would hurt them. You've had friends do it. You've maybe had coworkers do it. And like I said, it, it's more difficult because these are people who are well-intentioned and they're, they're trying to make sure you're prepared. They're trying to make sure you're taken care of. They, they do care about you and they'll ask you things like, well, what if this doesn't work? Or what if you fall for somebody else and they leave you? Or they'll tell you, they'll, they'll start giving you advice on your relationships when, as Matt said, their relationships are jacked up. Like I said, the, when these are people close to you, it's hard to ignore because they're doing it to protect you. They're doing it to protect themselves. And they're trying to take care of you. And these are people who you're used to going to for advice. So it can be super harmful and super difficult to know when do you let that stuff go? When do you take it to heart? When do you ignore it? Like what's real? What's not? What's advice you should take? And how do you respond to them? So that's what we're going to talk about. So the first thing is, is if you're in a situation where these things are coming up, say it is your parents or your brothers and sisters and things like that, the thing you want to recognize is that a lot of this stuff is not anything that they've ever dealt with. It's things that they've never seen. It's things that they themselves have never done. So it's it's partially ignorance. And when you're coming to this, when you're coming uh, to dealing with family and loved ones who are throwing kind of judgment at you, like, this is probably not going to work. Think about the children. When, I forgot the, the children. Yeah. Don't, 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 we, we forgot about the kids. We didn't think about that at all. When these things come up, you want to kind of approach this with love and care because a lot of times that's where they're coming from. That's a lot of times that's, that's actually the intent. It's not that they're trying to hurt you. And when you're bringing these things to them and you're like, look, our relationship looks like this, you're challenging their model of the world. For a lot of us, our loved ones, their model of the world, the way that they've seen things forever and ever has been, you get married, you have kids, it's the two of you, and gosh darn it, you better not even look at somebody else. Like That is the model that they've been presented with that works. And I'm doing air quotes because a lot of times monogamy doesn't work and it doesn't work for everybody. But it's the only model that they know even has a possibility of working. And you have to understand that your relationships are challenging that. They would rather be certain that you're wrong and certain that monogamy is, is the only way, the way, than to think that you could be right and that their, their model of the world isn't correct. That what they've been certain about is somehow wrong. Because now they gotta change their whole, their whole belief system. This is the thing that I've, I've known forever. I kinda wanna give an example. I mean, I have one. Did go you ahead. Yeah, so back in the- You can share one that's related to poly, but go ahead. I'm, I'm gonna give a non-poly one and then you can share an, a, a poly-related one. Like back in the 90s, it was super popular for early 90s, end of the 80s, was this huge culture around sugar. We're gonna take it into diet for a second. And every nutritionist, every doctor, every coach around you know, nutrition was like, you absolutely want to take sugar out of your diet. Sugar's gotta go. Bad carbs, or sorry, Sorry, fat out of your diet. Everybody was like, fat is bad. Take fat out. So that was where all the like fat-free potato chips came in and all the fat-free this, that, and the other. So everybody was about taking out the fat. And then the 90s came around 
And there was a lot of science that had been going on for like 30, 40 years prior to this. But the Atkins and keto diet came out. And people started having to face that, well, fat is actually good for you. And actually now it's like a whole science. Everybody knows fat is, if you completely remove fat, it's bad. But when that first happened, that was a challenge. Some of these people who have built their entire careers around teaching nutrition of excluding fat had to face that. And that's, that's a lot. And you can imagine, like I went to school, I became a doctor, I'm a nutritionist, I do this. And every day I've been teaching hundreds and hundreds of people that this is the way to do it. And now I've got to face this reality that I have been wrong. And that is what you kind of have to do or kind of what happens when you have an amazing relationship that looks totally different than what everybody else has had. When your parents look at you and they're like, the only thing I've ever been able to see as a reality is this. And now you just completely proved to them that it was wrong. So you said you wanted to add something. Yeah. But first off, more importantly, at what point did you raise your chair to make yourself taller than me? I did that during our Q&A this evening. So... <laughs> That's why the desk is shaking. So, and, and here's the thing, guys. And, and one more thing I'll throw in here for Cassie's thing. You're challenging the her view of the world. And you have to realize people will do a lot to themselves to justify why they've been living the way that they're living. And I'll give a little example here myself. But like when you've been living in a certain way because you believe these things and you've made certain choices, you're su you get super invested after a while in that being correct. I'm thinking of a conversation I actually had with my, I'll just say a very close family member years ago, right? Come out, it had gone really poorly. We hadn't talked for a long time. We were sitting down and this was like months later and kind of having this like reconciliatory conversation, if that's a word. And I was talking about, talking about having other relationships. And I was like, you know, if you see, like you you see, and I think we, we were talking about cups because for some reason- Yeah, you told me it was glass, glass cups. Religious people cups and whatever. <laughs> And I was like, I was like, well, if you have this cup and you have this cup over here and tell me like, what would be stopping you from drinking out of that? And they were like, well, because I know that if I drink that, something bad's going to happen over here. And I was like, okay, but what if that wasn't true? Like, but it is. But what if it wasn't? Well, then I wouldn't have a good reason. But I believe that to be true. Because if you've been living your whole life in a certain way and you've been limiting yourself, and, and let's be honest here. And, and you, you folks who, who, who watch us, a lot of you may understand that we're not like, we don't push the polyamory. Polyamory is for some people monogamy, for some people it's about finding what works for you. But there are a lot of people living monogamous lives who are not well suited to monogamy. Probably most people who are living monogamously aren't well suited to monogamy if you just look at the stats. And when you've been living in a way that uh, isn't incongruence with what you want because you have this set of beliefs, it becomes super hard to later throw those beliefs out of the window. So if you have been somebody who, again, maybe monogamy isn't the best fit for, but you've been living all these years because, well, when you're not monogamous, your relationship breaks up. You become super invested in that belief. And anything that comes to challenge that, like, nah, my relationship's great, flies in the face of that. Go ahead. I just want to throw that out there as to yeah, one, you, other reasons why it's so hard for people. Uh, yeah, because... Basically, you would have to acknowledge where you've been wrong. Sometimes you have to acknowledge what you've given up, the possibilities that you let go of, but you want to reject it. You want to reject that so that way you don't have to own those things. So the thing is, is that this is a huge thing. Just the fact and recognizing that for some folks, you're going to be, you're going to be shaking up their model of the world. You're going to be shaking that up. And 
it's going to take a lot to get them over that hump. But you want to show up with passion and understanding and sort of recognize that it may take some time for them to grow along with you. And the other thing is, is that so there's that part. And that's not that they have ill intention. It's just that they just don't understand. And then the other part is a lot of times when they're giving warning or they're asking about, oh, what happens to the kids, things like that. It's actually that they are like genuinely caring about you. They actually are worried about the kids and they are worried about what's going to happen. And part of this is about you showing up with kind of like gratitude. Like, I do appreciate you caring about me. I do appreciate you loving me, but not taking it in and letting it beat you up, not letting it eat you up inside. So here's the thing. And I want you to understand this. And, and this is kind of the key to what Cassie was saying is that understanding when these are the people closest to you, they do believe what they're saying. And, and even that stuff I was talking about earlier, why it's hard for people to change their beliefs, you know, that stuff's under the surface. They're not thinking that. They're thinking, oh, relationships don't work if you add multiple people. Not all that, all that stuff about why they don't want to believe other stuff, that's happening underneath the surface. And these people really do come to you a lot of the times, and this is the first step. So number one is recognizing that a lot of the times these people are coming to you with caring. They're coming to you with honest concerns, whether it's about you, it's about your relationships, it's about what's what's going on with your kids. And they're, they're coming with that honestly because they're filtering that through their own history, their own beliefs, their own failures, their own opinions. And so, and, and, and they're hopping into that with genuine concern, but a lot of times with things that they know absolutely nothing about. So this gets around at the end of the day. Number one, like I said, is you want to recognize where they're coming from, that they are coming from a place. These people, when these are these people are close to you, they're coming from a place of caring. They're coming from a, a set of beliefs and opinions that they're going to have a very hard time getting past because there's a lot of stuff going on under the surface. And they're coming from a place of genuinely caring about you. And they genuine, generally have no idea what the fuck they're talking about. Mm -hmm. They have no idea about polyamory. Most of them have no idea how to have good relationships. Even if they've had decent relationships, then they just know what's worked for them. So they're coming from a place of sincere care and profound ignorance. <laughs> and that would be, recognizing that would be the first step. And once you recognize that, then it becomes, how are you addressing yourself? How are you handling your attitude? What are you doing? Again, what are you keeping? What are you tossing? And how are you responding to these things? Yeah, so when it's dealing with them, showing up with not getting pissed off, not getting angry, that doesn't help. Getting pissed off and angry at the situation only ruins your day. It's showing up and, and kind of having that. That's really sweet, but you're dumb. Like if you can take that and 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 ignorant. And, Let's stick yeah, with ignorant. Ignorant. Ignorant is a good word. But like if you can if you can stick to that and and kind of be playful with it and recognize that it's coming from that place, then you get to show up a little bit more with like gratitude and appreciation for it. The other thing is is that some of this worry, some of this concern, is making sure that you don't let what other people's opinions is affect what you want and what you need. You want to stay focused on the dream that you have for your own relationships. So just because someone else has another opinion, you don't want to let that shake you. You don't want to start taking in because we started talking about their history, their beliefs, their failures. You don't want to start borrowing their beliefs 
that aren't going to serve you. You don't want to start borrowing, oh, well, monogamy is only the only thing that I've ever seen, so that must be true. You want to stick to what do you know? And if you need, looking for references for that. Look for references to where you have seen good monogamous relationships and things where those things have worked. And it's just important to do that because a lot of times it's easy for us to fall into other people's beliefs. This is where we end up seeing, oh, well, everybody else in my family does X, Y, and Z. This is the way it's going to be. So look for other references, other places where you can start to break that down. Anything else? No. Okay. So the other thing is, is part of this is recognizing that you you want to have folks that you're surrounding yourself with who are going to cheer you on. So finding community, finding other folks who are who aren't going to judge you, who know that this is a possibility. So you want to surround yourself by folks who, well, aren't ignorant, who have had those experiences. Yeah, you need to be really intentional about the folks that you're surrounding yourself with. This goes for anything in life, but it goes with relationships in particular. When you're in a situation where if you surround yourself with people who are completely unfamiliar with polyamory, if you surround yourself with people who have a negative opinion of polyamory, who have really at the end of the day, what we're talking about is poor beliefs about non-monogamous relationships. And those are the people you surround yourselves with. And that is what you're constantly putting into your head. It is going to affect how you're viewing things, your beliefs about things. And that's going to bleed over into what you're actually doing and the decisions that you're making day to day. And this isn't to say, oh, if you have family members who aren't poly friendly or don't understand or are down, you don't spend time with them. Of course not. We all have families and very few of us are fortunate enough to where all of our families are, are friendly, if any of them. But it does mean it's that surrounding. It's who are the people you're spending the most time with? And if the people that you're spending the most time with are constantly telling, putting, putting their beliefs about your relationships, their disempowering beliefs about your relationships into your head, that's going to start coming through for you. You want to be intentional and you also kind of just don't want to be tolerant of it. Like if you if you're if you're constantly hearing things and you're constantly it will get to you. So so create some boundaries like I am not going to stick this out. I'm not going to sit there and listen to these things and do your best to find other people who are on the same path as you who are going to appreciate what you are trying to accomplish and what you want to do, because let's face it, not all opinions are created equal. And really just with this, this whole thing is, is recognizing that a lot of these judgments, a lot of the things that our family says, none of this is really about you. It's about, as we said, their ignorance. It's about their failures. It's about what Mostly they, their ignorance. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it, it's really about those things, but kind of getting to a good, healthy place of that. And here's the thing. All this aside, this mindset of like having some 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 gratitude for them helping you out and and kind of recognizing the ignorance and all that, all that is 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 good and healthy and things that we encourage. But there is one thing, one thing that will seriously help you with the people in your life saying all these things to you, being negative. Anybody have a guess of what that is? It's your relationship actually being good. So like we work with our clients and, you know, we help them get amazing, awesome results. 
And they move away from things like where they've had jealousy or where they've had arguments to having these thriving relationships where their sex life is amazing. Their connection is awesome. They're spending amazing, awesome date nights, camping out and doing stuff on their 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 four wheelers. I'm talking about you and Matt and Elizabeth. They get to be able to do amazing things together. And it's really hard for those people in your life to stick by those beliefs that they've had before and to keep telling you things over and over again, when they start seeing how wonderful your relationship is. And you become more resilient, you know, because really at the end of the day, what we're talking about is when you have these people whispering these things in your ear, they're battling your unsurety, right? Like you're hearing these things like, oh man, are they right? Like when they say that this relationship is doomed, are they right? When they say that this is the only way to have a relationship, are they right? When they say that X, Y, and Z is going to happen, are they right? And with that, like, so, 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 so that's what you're fighting. But when they're not right, no, my relationship's amazing. My relationship looks a hell of a lot better than yours. And I'm Polly. So like <laughs> when you know that you're solid, that's the strongest thing that gives you the ability to resist those outside voices. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm like, I can keep going about this for a long time, but I feel like I'm just going to, I'm just, I'm just going to keep it here. Yeah, but it, it's the truth because when you are sure and you, you are confident that those things are not true, what other people say becomes not something that can shake you. Their stories no longer affect your happiness and your success because you already have that confidence in yourself of what the truth really is. And the thing that ends up happening, as I said, is you may even get to a place where you get to shake other people's models of the world. Not saying that they become non-monogamous, not saying that, oh, all of a sudden now your, your parents have a quad or something. But my parents have called Amanda Mama three times this week, so I'm counting that as a win. Yeah, so, but you may start to shake because of your certainty and your clarity around what is true because of the way that you're living your life and your relationships, that you get to move somebody else's perspective. You get somebody else to grow. And that is really, well, that's pretty amazing. So the thing with this is that, and now you might be sitting there being kind of like, so, well, I do have some issues in my relationship. I do have some things that aren't working. <laughs> I'm um, wondering if they're if right. You're, if you're starting to sit there and, and wonder if they're right, because there are problems and there is truth to some of the things that they're saying as far as your relationship being on rocky ground, this is the time to still not listen to those things. <laughs> and it's a time to put in place some of the other things that we mentioned here. But it's probably also a time to reach out and get some guidance. The kind of results we get for our clients is just that. They get to walk away having beautiful, amazing relationships where they are connected with their partners. And one of the biggest things that you get that a lot of people forget about when they're working on their relationships is not only do you have that amazing relationship, you're thriving, you're feeling that fulfillment, but you are unshakable as a couple or as a group or whatever number of people you are. You get to walk with that certainty, knowing that what those folks are saying are just saying. They're just words. Your relationship is sound and the people that you love and the relationships that you have aren't going anywhere. So if you're not sure, 
book a call. We'll put a, a link in there for folks to book a call. It's a touchofflavor.com forward slash talk. Super easy <laughs> to remember. And if you're not sure, if you think that you have some challenges there that really do need to be worked on, book a call. We'll hop on and we'll talk about what's going on and uh, we'll take a look at it. Let me tell you our dream. <laughs> our dream is to have a world where there are enough amazingly healthy, fulfilling, polyamorous relationships, ones that are healthy, ones that aren't meeting those like negative stereotypes of shit going down the tubes, ones that are amazing, ones that are examples, that this bullshit of people saying, hey, this doesn't work and coming and you having to hear that and you having to see that and your kids having to hear that shit from other people just doesn't happen anymore because there are so many people with amazing polyamorous relationships that it becomes a non-topic anymore. And, and that's not always the easiest thing because relationships are not easy. Non-monogamous relationships certainly are not easy. And a lot of times it requires help to get them to where you want to be. So if that's the case, and if you kind of have a part of that dream of having those amazing relationships and showing the world that there's such a thing as amazing polyamorous relationships, and like Cass said, you need some help to get there. A lot of people do. It's cool. Go to that, that link. Go to touchflavor.com forward slash talk. Set up a free call. Let's talk about where you're at, what's going on, what the steps would be to get that relationship to a point of being an example that you can take and shove in all those people's faces. <laughs> And tell them that they were wrong. Because it feels let's really be honest, good. It'll feel really that's good. That's motivating. <laughs> Motivates me. Feels really good. <laughs> All right. So, yes. Yes. So, y'all have an amazing night. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Touch of Flavor podcast, where we're building relationships outside of the box. Got a question about kink, power exchange, or open relationships that you've been holding on to for years? This is the place to ask it. Submit your question at atouchofflavor.com slash ask, or leave us a voicemail at 833-ASK-TOF1. 